1: and we're excited to have you guys back again for another show and i must say the boys are back this week (laughs) and we've got we have a special guest Uh, last last time we were together we talked about christian dating and just dating in general and landon is back and i will i will caution you if you are a Parent of a small child, because of the nature of some of the things that we may talk about on this episode, may not be the best for for little ears. So, if you want to get your kids out of the room or listen to it a little bit later, certainly nothing super crazy, but just adult topics. So, just wanted to say that. But Landon Swain is back with us and he graduated from Liberty University in business and youth ministry. He is the author of an upcoming book. And you guys are, again, getting a super sneak peek into this book before it comes out and just had a great conversation with him. He's got about 28,000 followers on TikTok. And so if you want to follow him, you want to figure out when this book comes out, it's at Detox Christian Dating. It's at Detox Christian Dating. Also, if you haven't listened to our last episode, you might want to go back and listen to it because we just we're just continuing the conversation that we had last week. And so Landon Swain joins us on the show again today. Landon, thanks for being on the Thinking Out Loud podcast again.
2: I I'm excited to get into it.
1: All right, man. That's awesome. So, last time we talked, Landon, we talked a lot about the pressures that a lot of times Christians face when dating. These unwritten rules, these they're not really biblically based. They're just kind of societally based and we've come up with them. Some of them, the church wrote. Um, and, you know, it's, it's caused people in the church that are dating to really just have all these roadblocks or feel less than or whatever the case may be. And the goal, you know, is that, you know, when you're going through dating or if you're not even dating anybody, is that you're thriving as an individual, right? That you understand your value is not in dating. Your value is not in somebody putting a ring on your finger. Your value first is in Christ. So we talked about some of the pressure. So we talked about, you know, is there this median age that you should be married? You know, the fact that you need to have children. We talked about your, the biological clock theory, you know, my bio- biological clock is running out. I better hurry up and get married we also talked about the fact that some people, a lot of people feel like, well, I have to be married, right? Like if I'm single for some reason, that is like a curse and I can't enjoy my life if I'm single. And that's just simply a fallacy. It's not true. And so we we talked about all that, but today we want to talk a little bit about some of the other things that we're going to get kind of to the deep end of the pool this time uh, on a couple of things. And so Landon, in your book, you talk a little bit about this, this idea of lines that we say that, you know, like God told me, I don't have peace about it. I've prayed about it. You know, when it comes to relationships and dating, can you talk a little bit about this Christianese, I call it Christianese, (laughs) that we use um, with, with, with people when we're dating. Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so a lot of it is based in like like we said it's stuff that the church has taught us to say over time. It's like it sounds very spiritual and it sounds kind of righteous, but a lot of times when you break them down, these individual phrases either they can be legitimate and oftentimes aren't or it's just like I don't know about that uh, or or it's just like uh, we we think we, we take our own opinion too highly and elevated to a level that is reserved for God's word. So for yep. example, God told me. I've asked people, like I've, I've had a girl, she was saying how, yeah, God told me that I should just break up with him. And I asked her, what does God sound like? What, what is, what is his accent? What, whatever. And she was like, well, it wasn't really a voice. It was more like a feeling. And I was like, all right, let me get this straight. You wanted to elevate your subjective feelings, which could have been based out of wherever, and you said with utmost confidence that God told you to break up with somebody. What, how was that supposed to help the other person at all? Because it's a complete lack of clarity. Because it's like, well, why did God tell you? He didn't tell me anything. If anything, he's, <laughs> now he's playing with me because he's giving me all these feelings for you. He's, 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 he's put you in my life. And now like he's pulling the rug out from underneath me. Like, and I'm not eliminating the possibility because just because it hasn't happened to me like i know people that they've said that they said like god has actually like i've heard a voice but i think that it's wiser to withhold blaming god and rather take personal responsibility because chances are you behind closed doors with your friends can articulate exactly why you would want to break up with somebody i've noticed Mm -hmm. this with, with with girls i mean guys do it too but I've noticed with some girls a lot, like girls to say stuff like, I just don't have peace about this. And then behind closed doors, would be like, oh, yeah, he's really annoying, actually. I just really don't like him. And I was like, okay, you did not have peace about it. You had a legitimate reason. You just didn't tell him that. So I, I, people are different ways. But I personally would want to know the exact reason why somebody would want to break up with me, because mm-hmm. then I could work on it. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like a, if it's like a, hey, like you... You are a train wreck of a human being. You have no work ethic. You, you are, you're a slob. You, you just, your language is all over the place. And, but all they do is tell me, yeah, I just don't have peace about this. And that's all they say that it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? To, what am I supposed to improve on? What am right. I supposed to know? Hey, I need to get my life together if I'm going to be with somebody in the future. It's like, a lot of it's just very over-spiritualized phrases that sound kind of good. But it's just—it's a way to avoid conflict by blaming it on God instead of taking personal responsibility.
1: Yeah, that's so so good, and I think you know that happens a lot. It's just using God as a scapegoat for not wanting to have the difficult conversation with someone, and you know, and and I remember as we were were talking prior to the show you were saying, and we were on the phone, you were saying, you know, people will say, well, God told me this. And they have to realize, you know, as soon as you say the words, God said, that's huge. Like we've, we've, we've taken, we are, we use the phrase God said way too loosely. Right. And I, and I've said to people all the time, it's like, it's better for you to say, well, I've been impressed or I feel, or I whatever, before you put the name God, because once you say that. And if God didn't say it, you can look in the Old Testament, what God says about people who say (laughs) that he said things that he did not say, right? And so something like a relationship, you know, you're in a relationship with somebody and you feel like you need to break up with that person. If God didn't say to break up with that person, don't say God said it. Just say, hey, I'm breaking up with you because we're just not clicking or we're just not on the same, we're not going the same path together, whatever the case is just be honest, because now it makes God look like someone he's not. And like you said, I love when you say that, like, well, wow, God told you, but it sure hasn't talked to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why why am I having this, all these feelings? And then for some reason, you know, you've got this, you know, straight line to God telling you about our relationship. So I think, I think that's so, so important.
2: Yeah. And, and, just some, some other phrases that I think are really like overused or like can be misleading is saying like, oh, I prayed about it. Because mm. some people will use the fact that they have prayed about something to escape any sort of confrontation for what they have concluded. Uh, mm. So like, just because it was bathed in prayer, just because you, just you've prayed about it. I'm, I would kind of take this from Kevin DeYoung uh, in his book, Just Do Something, but he talks about like how, mm. hey, if somebody, if somebody prays about something, I'm more inclined to listen to them. I've like recognized that we should pray about something, but we shouldn't conclude that whatever we think right after we pray is the right answer. Because I know people that have said oh, I've prayed about it and they've made a horrible decision. Right. It's uh, it, when you use that as a way to no one can touch what you've just said, and like no one, no one can confront you. Then it's I, I, I feel like it's just a little. It's a, it can be kind of abusive uh, mm-hmm. because it's just a spiritually manipulative. And then, my, this is probably the one that irks me the most is we can't date because I want to work on my relationship with the Lord. As if married people can't work on their relationship with the Lord. Like, I'm all for having a solid foundation, but when we think that singleness is the only arena in which growth can occur, then you have like, what do you expect? Do you think you're actually going to reach a level where you're totally ready for marriage? As you guys both evidenced in the last episode. And from our talks, you both are like, I'm not perfect. And neither right. is your spouse. And, and no one is ever going to reach that level. So when we, when we use that kind of language, I don't want people to think, I have to reach some elusive peak in order to be able to date somebody. And a lot of times when people say that phrase, they'll be dating somebody later that week. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of insincerity. It's a lot of say what you mean be honest, but there's like a way to be diplomatic and like kind about what you truly mean. I just don't like the lack of clarity.
0: Yeah. And I think that, especially that I've heard so many of the, I need to focus on my relationship with God right now. And then I, I would revert back to saying, okay, so then why are you playing this sport? And why are you doing this? And then why are you going in there? Because essentially, you're just saying, you know what I'm saying? Just admit the fact that you don't want to date right now, or you don't want to date that person. Like, I just don't like you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. that That's fine to do that, because like you just said. But what I also think, too, about the prayer thing, and this could be a whole topic on its own, but we have to know if we really know how to hear God. Like, And what I mean by that is how does God speak to you? Because I don't get audible, I'll just be real, I don't get audible voices. I don't necessarily get feelings either. Typically, (laughs) typically, and this may sound weird to some, but prophetically, I just get dreams. Like they're very specific, they're very out of the ordinary. Like I know that, right? But I also know that when we pray about something, it could be very biased. We could be wrestling with thoughts and we could be persuading ourselves because we have a conversation with ourselves 24 hours every day. And so that's something that I know that when I talk to, to kids, I, I let them know, I'm like, well, that same voice that's telling you to do good can also be the same voice that tells you to do bad. That, that's you. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not God's voice. That's, you, that's your internal conversation with yourself. And so we have to understand the difference between is that I, I had a conversation with, with someone the other day, and they were just talking and, and after it, they were talking about the different decisions they've made leading up to this point. And I just, I don't know if I just, it was a little bold of me to say, but they said something and before they like, and then I felt like God was telling me to do this. And then I felt like God was telling me to do this, but then I felt God called me to do this. And then at one point I said, so how much of that was God and how much of that was you? Exactly. People think- over- Because I don't, yeah. I, I just said, yeah. so either God doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> or right. you've heard God sometimes and you've heard yourself the other times. Yep. And then they reverted and said, you know what? You're right. A lot of it was probably just preference. And so, but I just wanted to hone the conversation in on, listen, this was personal preference to some things and that's okay. Like we can just, we can live inside of that as long as it's not rebelling against God. But we have to admit that, you know what? No, this is just my personal preference right now. So there's a danger. There's a danger to not di- differentiating the two.
2: Yeah. Going back to that, I, I think I said, I just don't have peace about this. I think that a lot of people overthink things and think that that's a lack of peace from God. Uh, because yeah. it's like, I mean, when you guys got married, were you nervous on your wedding days? Like when, when she was about to walk down the aisle, were you like nervous at all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But but some, but some people would think that because you were nervous because your your heart was beating fast, that means it was a bad decision. And I don't think that that matches up.
0: It was just the weight of the decision that made me exactly. nervous. Exactly, yeah. because I knew I knew the moment I said I do. I had no other options the rest of my life. Not, not meaning like options for other women, but if things get bad, I'm not leaving. If, if something happens to where financially we're in a struggle, I'm not just gonna leave, I'm not gonna quit. And so for the first time in my life, I was gonna make a decision where I said, there's no out, you know what I'm saying? And it didn't mean I loved her any less because me and my wife still talk about that feeling and she, I still gotta warm up the fact that I was nervous. No, it's just as a man, I knew the weight to that decision. I was nervous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I never made a decision like that before outside of my relationship with Christ. And sometimes I think he gives me more grace than people do. So this was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This was that decision.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think. Anything that we're we're doing, you know, <laughs> like you said, I don't have peace about it, I had to pray about it, you know, we can't date, I gotta alert, rel- I gotta work on my relationship with God, all of these things, unless it's true, does not need to be a part of our vocabulary where we're talking to another human being, right? Because we're misleading them. Like that, that that's that's the thing. And we should not we should not do that. You talk a little bit as well about ring by spring. <laughs> what, tell us what that means and what, what, what's that all about?
2: Uh, so I, I feel like it means different things to different people, but commonly it is when, especially in Christian college settings or college in general, when a lot of people get married or engaged around the same time of year. And often it's like a guy, somebody getting married or engaged before they graduate. Like it's before their spring, like during their spring semester. Like yeah. they, can meet, they can meet in the fall, and then by spring, uh, six months later, they're engaged. And it's basically just to say that it's like a, a hurried, very publicized, they're both pretty young in it relationship. And it's like rampant throughout Christian data culture. Like I, had a, I had a professor tell me that if I left Liberty University without being married, engaged, or knowing who I was going to marry, then I was making a giant mistake. And I get that there's like a huge dating pool at Liberty, but he's like, that kind of mentality is played out. And I think some people go to college and think that an engagement ring is a graduation requirement and it's not. And, and it's no, the kind of the nuance of the conversation is it's okay if you do, but don't feel like you have to. And if somebody does, and it's a reckless decision. Okay, it's a reckless decision. But if they are in it and they're committed, just like Kyle was saying, you're committed to this now. You're in yeah. it, so thrive in it. And so that yeah. I I don't like I, I I think it's like a two-part conversation in that we should talk about like why do you want to get married this quick? And I'm sure we'll talk about this. I think that sex is a big motivator with that and just kind of the idealism that we have surrounding marriage. But then on the other side of the conversation, if you're not the person that's getting married, I think there's a lot of judgment there. And instead of I think instead of instantly judging, we should pray, not prowl over them. Because it's like okay, if they're married, I still want them to get to have a great marriage, regardless of how long it took for them to get to that point, right? And 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 so it's it's a I think it's a twofold conversation. Uh, So I'm a little bit more gracious about it than some people are. Some people you say room by spring, and they just their eyes are rolling back their head. They're just, they're, they're over it because they just hate it so much because it it is, it is really rampant and it's a lot of pressure.
0: What do you say to somebody that is like, look, I'm not going to date until I know I'm ready to marry. I'm not going to, so, so you got, so, so you got a lot of people that are like, I'll just be friends. And if I feel like it's going to go down that path, then I'll date them because then I'm, I'm ready for it to go there. Do you think that plays at all into the whole like not dating very long and kind of rushing into marriage because they've already predetermined that as long as like the first six months to a year go well, then this is it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I mean, is that necessarily bad? And Or can you kind of walk somebody through that? Because that's what's really being taught. I'm not going to say that I don't agree with. I, I think I do agree with, and you could tell me if I'm wrong in this, but I think if my daughters were to say, hey, I want to date, I would tell them. just be friends with that guy. Like, go hang out in groups. Hang out with him. I don't care. Just be friends. Don't have, like, the pressure of dating on there. And then, listen, down the road, if you're like, I've fallen in love with this person, like, literally fallen in love with them, then we can talk about dating because now you're going to set yourself up for that next season. That's kind of how I would discuss that with them. So, maybe dissect that a little bit, even for me as a father. I've got years. My, my, I got a five-year-old girl, okay? So, I got years to fix this. But you're young. I mean, you're younger. You're you're single. You're you're living that life right now. I think you're single. I yeah. I I don't want to. you're good. You're good. (laughs) What? You're totally single. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know what I'm saying. So you can speak. You can speak more from experience than even I can with a five-year-old daughter. So can you kind of elaborate on that?
2: Yeah. So for me, I I approach everything with a okay. I'm not going to get into a relationship unless I know that at the very least, I know that I want to at some point. It's not like a, okay, this has to be like a six month thing. I'm only going to date them if I'm sure that this is the right person. Okay. I think the dating's partially how you determine that. And that's why I'm a big advocate for knowing the person beforehand. Like I'm all for yeah. you, you become friends first. Cause I think it's, There's a big difference between like dating when you're really trying to impress somebody and then seeing somebody in their natural setting. The best way to tell the character of a person is how they treat people that they want nothing from. And so I think that you should always go into dates with the mindset of, I would love for this to go the distance. It's fine if it doesn't because I'm not like my life isn't hinged upon this person, but every date that I go on, I would like to see this go to a place where it could be has the potential to be a wedding uh and i i i I think that alleviates some of the pressure on that specific person but it also intentionally dates because it's more like a okay i actually have like a a destination i'm trying to get to with this it don't i don't have to be in the same car as this person in order to get there but if this is happening to the person that's going to be in the passenger seat with me i'm i'm okay if that's the possibility and I, I, I think that dating is kind of how you do a lot of that evaluation. Uh, right. And there's different methods. And I can see some del- the validity in like, oh, I'm not going to date anybody until I'm sure. But then it's kind of... But I feel like that adds that added bit of pressure. where It's like you've kind of predetermined that this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you kind of come into it with a, with a bias and you're not able to like see fully clearly. But if you come into it with like an open mind, but like an intentional mind of like where you would like to see it go, I think it's just like, a you know, the objective and you're not sure how that objective is going to be accomplished, but you're trying to see what, where it can go.
1: Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about sex um, <laughs> and the, uh, the idol that has, has been made. So I, 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 I see this all the time. It is probably my biggest pet peeve with the church and dating and relationships is that intentional or not intentional, we have created a culture where a bunch of people get married because they want to have sex, right? They, it, you know, and we use that scripture unwise, I think, that where Paul said, you know, hurry up and get married. You know, because you you know, instead of burning with lust, you know, you you, you hurry up and get married. But I, I don't think that Paul was using that scripture as a way to say, "Hey, you know what? Let's not really vet out the person that I'm that I'm dating. Let me not do my due diligence and make sure this is the person that I want to spend you know fifty to sixty years with. That I, that's also going to be the mother or the father of my children, right?" like it, there's so much that goes into it but i see so many people who because we have made sex this euphoric idol that man you know and, and because we've lied to people i mean to to a certain extent because we've said look if you save yourself and and you know once that night comes And that day, you know, that day comes and and your first month of marriage, man, you're going to have the best sex. You're going to have, you know, like I said, last episode, you're going to have sex multiple times a week. It's just going to be great. Like, and then, you know, people get into relationships and realize like there is multiple issues that could, that could come up, right? You could, you, you or your wife could not enjoy it as much as you thought you were going to. You could not be able to have children, right? You could have some physical issue that you didn't know you had before. I mean, there's all of these things, but yet people in the church are getting married quickly so that they can have sex because we've made sex the, the prize, right? Of marriage. Like, ooh, if you get married, you get to have sex, right? Like that's <laughs> the, that, that's been the big thing. And it's like, yeah. It, yeah, that that's great. But that's only one percent or so of your entire married life. So talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think you kind of hit the, the nail right on the head there. It's it's a when we overemphasize that benefit where it becomes this like, man, sex is just it's, it's the, cre- the creme de la creme. It's, it, it, this is what it's all about. Then it becomes like a, well, okay. Well, then, I, okay. So, so within Christian, Christianity, as a single person, you're at point A. Mm-hmm. Point B is marriage. And then point C is sex. A lot of people, because we've so narrowed in on the benefit of the good gift of sex, they will rush to B just so they can get to C. And and because it's part of the like charity culture impact is like we have a lot of people that, that they don't know how to not base a relationship off of like sex like that mm-hmm. sex shouldn't yeah. be the like foundation of a relationship mm-hmm. that's why like the passage about burn with passage burn, burning with passion I'm kind of like yes if you like you're dating somebody or you're going out with somebody. And it's getting to that point where it's like been a while and, and you really like are having trouble, by all means, go, go ahead, like get into that because like that's, a, that's an actual thing. But like if it was, okay, the first time that I have any sort of sexual temptation, I need to get married, I should have gotten married when I was like 14 because like right. you're, we're, we're sexual beings. And right. so it's, but it can't be the basis of a relationship. And I think that that's where some people, have narrowed in on the, the benefit of sex, they've had it. And then now it's like, okay, the rest of marriage comes into play. And I'm not ready for that because I'm so narrowed in on having this benefit that we have made so grand. And, and it's, it's I don't want the substitute for purity culture to be, now nah, you can do whatever you want because I don't think that that's biblical, right, right. but it's more like a, yeah. I can now, rec- it's a shift in recognizing that there's, a healthy respect for this thing, it's like a fire. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing and it it's, has its best when it's in its proper context because it can be used for its best purpose. It can h- burn you in the sense of like if you use it outside of it, you're not, you're, not, you're not dirty, you're not awful, you're not the worst person of all time if you use that fire outside of that context, but it does have the possibility of burning you and it's, that's not what it's for but when it's in its proper place it's beautiful it's 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 can bring a lot of life it's great and so i think that the shift just needs to be it's a good gift but you shouldn't base everything around it it's, right. it's something that like yeah as if i'm if i'm ever engaged it's going to be something that i will look forward to but i also need to be realistic about the fact that that's not all that's there and and it's not the prize it's it's a benefit but it's not This isn't it. There's so much more.
0: Right. Yeah, and and I think that we've done, what I I, I wish could happen is, you know, marriage is supposed to be a reflection of our relationship with Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that that should be our purity culture talk. Like, and I I just feel like in a lot of youth teachings, what we do is instead of and we hit on every purity series I've been through I've taught, I feel like we, we definitely hit on like what the image is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. but I also, I also know how heavy boundaries mm. are, are pressed upon and the, the, the importance of sex and marriage is pressed upon. And I just feel like that can be a separate series. Like you can talk about the importance of sex, but when we're, when we're intermarrying, that's, that's a dumb phrase to say. But when we're, when we're, when we're, cause I'm talking about it, but when we're partnering marriage and the teaching of marriage with sex, we're emphasizing sex in marriage. And so then what we do is we pretty much say, Hey, listen, you have to wait until you're married. And then it's like, that's the point of marriage. And, and it's just not the point of marriage. And you don't really find that out until once you get married, because then you experience it and you encounter it in a whole different way. But I think what we've also done is we've also sold this lie without telling it like it word for word, but like people who struggle with lust and they struggle with the lustful temptations as if marriage is going to fix all of that. The problem is, is that because marriage isn't about sex, marriage also isn't about fixing sexual issues. And so- That's right. You're going to bring, the the same way you'd bring any other sin into your marriage, you're going to bring that sin into the marriage bed. Amen. And so, what I would like to see us do in culture today is talk about the importance of marriage and how it's in a reflection of our relationship with Christ, and then the importance of love languages. Yes, And sex is one of those, but it's not the love language. And the problem is, is that we hone in on the importance of sex in marriage, and then we don't talk about the other love languages in marriage. And so these students, they're not set up. I personally wasn't set up for that. And so Mm -hmm. then every time my wife denied me sex for the first three years of our marriage, I thought something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 what's wrong with me? I don't look good enough. I don't feel good enough. The guy down the street has a six pack. I don't have a six pack. I need a six pack. Then my wife will want me. And she's looking at me like, no, but how many times have you been verbal with me today? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and so she's like, you want your love language? I haven't gotten my love language. How about, hey, Kyle, I'm just physically tired right now. Nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? And so right. we've got a generation, guys like me, who they don't make it through those three years. Mm-hmm. Because they feel like something's wrong with them, something's wrong with their marriage. Because their whole life they've been taught that sex is this huge part of marriage. It's a it's a big part. It's not the hugest part of marriage though. Yeah. And, and we're not taught how to navigate that. We're just it's just it's frustrating to see it happen. Because I would venture to say, and this isn't a proven fact, but I would venture to say, in most younger Christian marriages, the most common fight is sex. Mm -hmm. By who I've talked to and what I've experienced, the common fight is how the two differ on their views of sex. And it's Mm -hmm. either because they have waited for it for so long or they dealt with pornography for so long that pornography has even twisted their form of what sex looks like. And And the girl or the husband that's on the receiving side of it, they're not built that way. That's not how sex was built inside of a human being. Sex isn't performance and it's not sold. Okay, and so when you're in the marriage bed, it's different. And and I just wonder if we should spend more time on talking like that than we do about this idea of waiting for marriage because that's that's like the the grand opera of, of marriage is the marriage bed. And I'm just like, mm, it's sacred and we need to talk about its sacredness, but there's also some other love languages there that need to be hit upon because there's a huge circle of love inside of that marriage that doesn't just revolve around physical love.
2: Yeah. yeah, Kind of like we talked about with the last episode, like uh, David Marvin of the porch has a statistic where he's like, If you have sex four times a week for 30 minutes? It's less than 1% of your year. Why are we so entranced by that 1%? I, I, yeah. I write in the book, I say like, I sound like Bernie Sanders because I'm so fixated on that 1%. But you know, like, <laughs> it's the, <laughs> it's <laughs> I had I, I to make it. myself laugh with that. I'm, I'm I'm keeping that joke in there, but, uh, <laughs> but like I think that we sometimes are just looking at a person selfishly from a perspective perspective of I can finally satisfy the sexual desires that I have, and instead of us emphasizing how we can be, there's so much more to marriage. Like those other love languages, where it's like I'm there to listen to them, and grow with them, and comfort them, and serve them, and 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 love them, not just looking at them as a person that I can satisfy my sexual desires with. Yes. I'm looking at them as a human being, not a sex thing. And right. it's, it's so much more to a person than just their sexuality. And so I think that that is a, is a big thing is when we need, to, we need to stop looking at it as this is the cure for my lust. As I finally get to do this, no, no shame, whatever. And instead of that, it's now a, I'm with somebody that I care about deeply and I want to love them and just, I want, I want to be with them. And if we get to enjoy the benefit of sex together, that's great, right. but that's not the ultimate thing here.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I, and I think we, I'll tell you right now, I think that we have not the church, I should say. I, I, let, let me say it this way: I think the church has been influenced by the world about th- making sex an idol, right? Because I mean that's the problem with our world right now. Like it's it, it sex is the one of the biggest things, you know, or, yeah. or like it's the driving force in the culture, and that should not be the same for the church. Like we if we're if we're in youth groups, young adult groups. Uh, and we're and we are idolizing sex as the prize that you get when you get married. We have totally mismarketed what marriage really is, right? And I think we need to promote relationships we need to promote companionship the fact that you can you get to complement each other right not complete each other because there's no way that two people you know i i, I always say this in in marriage counseling to people they'll say well but, but but i just want somebody to complete me no one will ever 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 be able to complete you on this earth other than christ you can be complimented, right? So you know who you are and who this other person is. You compliment each other, right? And that's why opposites attract a lot because you get one person who's like super, like outgoing. You get another person who's very introverted. They balance each other out. They compliment each other. So that's what marriage is about, not about sex, right? You know, and and I think. You know, Kyle, you hit on it, and I, and I thought it was so important about it being, and, and you did too, Landon, the cure for lust. Like, it, I, and I would tell any man, any woman out there right now, if you think that you're going to get married, and all of a sudden, all of your, your lust is going to go away, you have to understand that lust is a heart issue, it will never, it'll never be cured until you fix the heart issue. Right? Because it's at the end, at, at, at the core of lust is this never ending need to be fulfilled. And lust will never be filled. Like that, you know what I mean? That's why, and I'm going to get a little raw here, but that's why you see guys that, you know, you, you look at celebrities and, you know, you see somebody married to a celebrity and you're like, and you see, like, comes out in the news, all oh, they cheated on this person, they're getting a divorce. And you're sitting there on your couch, looking at the TV, and you're going, "I'm sorry, you cheated on her, dude. If if I was if I was married to so and so, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't ever leave the house. That's a <laughs> lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. You're fooling yourself because the lust is never satisfied. So you can have the super, the most." Number one supermodel in the world, right? And it still won't be enough. Lust is a heart issue. So if you go into a marriage, you go into your marriage and you are still, you have, you have, you know, lust in your heart or, and all of that. And I'm not, we're not, listen. Let me, let me say this. We are not talking down to anybody. We are not saying we've loved the, we're at the pinnacle of success or anything like that when it comes to this. What I'm saying is this is truth, right? Marriage is not going to fix your lust problem. Yep. You have to allow Christ to come in and fill that void. That's what has to happen. First and foremost, before we, we started recording, we were talking about, and Kyle brought up a good point, is that this whole idea of, of sex being an idol has caused you know, p- people's honeymoons or marriage nights to be completely ruined yeah. because we have told the guy, hey, now you get to have her. She's yours, and she's not supposed to you know, deny you and all this other type of stuff. And then what ends up happening? What, what ends up happening? The girl, the young young—I shouldn't say girl—the young lady feels like she's she's just an object, right? They had this beautiful ceremony. They just come together in holy matrimony, and you you've you've pledged your your life to her, and all of these things. And then it's like, okay, I own you now, so I need you to go. Let's go do this because this is what I've really been waiting for. Like, if as as a man, just think about that. Think about that yeah. for a second. Would you re- like? how does that feel? Would you want some, I mean, maybe some of you guys do, but would you want somebody, (laughs) I I told you, uh, but did you, would you want somebody to just be like, okay, well, this is, this is all I've been waiting for. So when I get this, I'm good, right? You're treating this person as an object, this is not this person that you know this is not the 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 whole person you're you're treating them for a body part you're treating them for your own selfish pleasure right and so i but again, I think the church has been complicit in it, and I think we we need to as as youth pastors, young adult pastors, you know parents, you know, I think we need to rethink how we teach our youth about sex that's.
2: Oh, yeah. It's 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 never just it's not just one thing that's contributing to the overall like complexity of it. It's so much there's world influence. There's just like weird teachings as first, as, like the conversation aspect of it. I think as far as like the like kind of the, I've heard the expression, I'm on fire. Like, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm like on fire. Like I, I got I'm burning with passion. I think that a conversation that we should have within it is what are you doing that's contributing to that fire? Cause yeah, yeah, like while we are like sexual beings in and of itself, I think that like some people they're like, well, I like we need to get married because I'm I'm just so lustful over you. Okay, but are you making out all the time? Is that why you're so like why you (laughs) want to have sex is because you're just making out all the time? Like, well, duh, like that's right. You're you're there, and I think that it's like a conversation about boundaries needs to happen,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and
2: and sometimes that, that can look. I'm like not exactly sure how that conversation is supposed to look. But I think that it, each individual person in my personal relationships, when I've talked about like, hey, like, I'm not going to make out with you while we're mm-hmm. dating. It's really awkward to say. <laughs> just in general, it's just like a hard thing to bring up. But I talk about like, how like, yeah, I have like a history with, with lust. And I know that like where my mind goes, if I'm going to do something like that. So like, yep. I'm not going to. And and it's that personal responsibility. And usually, in the times that I've had talk about that, the person has been very well receiving of that, and they've been like, "Well, I'm glad you told me. Like, that's good to know, and I'm glad that you're taking this seriously." So, I I think within the conversation of of I'm burning with passion and I feel like I got to get to sex as soon as I I possibly can. What are you doing right now that is contributing to that lust? Are you are you like Fogging up windows in the back of parking lots, you know, like yeah,
1: yeah, like, yeah. 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 I I think yeah, and 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 I, you know, we can get legalistic here, and I'm not trying to, so please don't <laughs> don't take it this way. But I mean, it's everything, right? It's it's what you're watching, it's what you're meditating and dwelling on during during the day, you know. It's how yeah, and 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 Landon, you're right. It's how far you're taking things, right? And and, and my thing is, if somebody truly loves you more than just your physical body, then they're going to respect your boundaries. Like, you know, and, and you have to set those, you have to respect yourself. If you're a girl, you know, res- like respect yourself enough to say, here's the line that we're not going to cross. Right. And if you feel like your line is, Hey, you know what? We're not going to even kiss or your line is we're not going to whatever you, 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 you've got to know where that line is. And then I would say if you, if you don't know where your line is and you end up in a situation that you're like, Oh boy, that's my line. Right. Then realize that whatever happened, whatever state you're in right before that line is probably where you need to be or a little bit further back. Right. Don't get to the line and be go, Oh man. I, you know, because, because it, you know, trying to stop. That kind of thing is is, is tr- it's almost like trying to stop a freight train. It's just it's not going to happen, right? So don't fool yourself. You play with fire. You you're going to get burned. That's just all it is to it, right? And so I, I think we just have to be careful, you know, when it comes to those things. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit, in, in just our, our our last little bit. You talk about interracial dating, which I I think is very. I, I don't think like, th- I don't feel like this is talked about enough. I think it's super important. And for, you know, for coming from a, a, a black guy who dated mostly white girls, you know, in, in my younger years, and my wife is biracial, I I dealt with this a lot. I dealt with the looks, I dealt with the kind of the You know, the, the crazy, like, wow, what's going on here? You know, like, kind of, kind of deal. I also had, you know, I, I I remember one time in in when I was a senior pastor, I had one of the girls in our youth group came up to me and, and she said, she said, you know, if, if I ever dated a, a, a black guy and she was white, she said, if I ever dated a black guy, she was like, my family would be super angry. And I've heard some crazy stuff throughout the years, like people using scripture, you know, like scripture that, you know, even I was telling you, Landon, yesterday, one of the scriptures, you know, where the Bible talks about, you shouldn't fellowship light with darkness. Like, literally, I've heard people use those scriptures and say, that means black and white people should not date. Mm. And I just, I kind of look at that, and I just go, you you have zero idea how to read scripture. Like if that's, (laughs) if, if that's your, if that's your thing, you know? So Landon, talk a little bit about this interracial dating and, and some of the things that you see there.
2: Yeah. So from a personal note, I, I've had people that are close to me that have talked about like how I only think that white people are supposed to date white people and black people are supposed to date black people. And And a lot of that's very old-fashioned, and that's that is their logic, but that's not an excuse. Like I think the people want to be like, a, "You can't teach your old dog new tricks. I, I have seen people come out of those kind of biases before. so the age, the excuse of this is how I was raised, that's crap. Like you can get it through it. And w- with a lot of things, there's you got to look at the context of what was being said, and then also look at other parts of scripture where maybe it counters this point. So uh, an opposition to interracial marriage, people cite Deuteronomy 7.3, where it talks about, you shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons, taking their daughters for your sons. But the reason that command is there is because of verse four, is says, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. It's, it was about, in that specific context, it was talking about another tribe, but it was talking about a Religious purity, not a racial purity. Right, and then if you look at Moses, Moses was married to a Cushite woman, and God gave Miriam leprosy in Numbers twelve because she like confronted him about the fact that he was married to a woman of a different tribe. And so, why would God do that if if he was against interracial marriage in and of itself? He would have probably given Moses leprosy, but rather he gave it to Miriam who. Confronted Moses about his interracial relationship, and for a Christian, there's nothing wrong with an interracial relationship so long as they are a believer themselves. Their bigger emphasis is not the color of their skin, but the faith that they have in Christ. And so that that should be our bigger emphasis, regardless. And 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 it's not like a it's just not a deal breaker. And I don't understand why it would be for some people for someone to be of a different race. And it's no big deal if they are of a different race. I mean, there's actually there's a biological benefit as well to interracial relationships. There's a, there's a girl that I know that she's a, studying to be a, a biologist, and there's something with when people of different races have babies, those babies have this, I don't know if it's an enzyme or something, but they are less likely to get certain diseases because of that, because of like the way that they're, everything's kind of sure. mixing. And so, like, there's a biological, like, thumbs up from God that's like, hey, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with this. So long as as you're a Christian, they are also a Christian. And and even if they're they're not Christians, like, there's nothing wrong with interracial relationship outside of being Christians. Right. Uh, um, John Piper, in 2005, told a story about a guy named uh, Warren Webster, who was a missionary to Pakistan. And someone asked him, what would he do if his daughter fell in love with a Pakistani boy while they were on the missions trip and, and wanted to marry him. And Ward Webster said, with great forcefulness, the Bible would say, better a Christian Pakistani than a godless white American. And I, that's, that, that, that like sticks out to me as far as just that's what it's all about is, is their faith, not their race. Now, with an interracial relationship, while it may be okay in God's eyes, it may not be okay in some of God's people's eyes. Because people are weird and they have a bunch of weird prejudices, and so it's it's. I'm I'm sure people that are in interracial relationships know you're going to be walking through some stuff that a lot of other relationships just don't have to deal with, and that sucks. But it's going to be you're going to have to have some ongoing conversations. Both parties need to be aware that's going to be some issues most likely, and, and it's an ongoing conversation. But there's not. It's, God didn't lose sleep on the seventh day because of interracial relationship.
1: Right, right, and I, I, I would say so. If you're white and you got the fever for the flavor, listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's your <laughs> here's your uh, here's your end, you know. Uh, <laughs> but but I say that I I say that in jest. But truly, I mean th- this is something in 2021 we should not be taught. Talk- like it is ridiculous that we would have to even explain this to anybody, and especially from a biblical standpoint. Like it's just it it's crazy. But I I, I do. Agree with you, Landon, though. And I I really, um, I appreciate that you said that we should, you know, if you're going to get into a relationship like that, that you, you do need to have that discussion, right? Like there is going to be, there could possibly be some issues, you know? And I've said on this show before that, you know, one of the young ladies that I dated, her brother, while dating her, turned into a skinhead. So that became obviously an issue. Like I already knew that her, her grandmother was racist because she told me she's like, my grandmother is just not there yet, man. Like she's just, she's like, we're probably not going to go over there, you know, kind of situation, you know, but it is, it's important that we have these discussions, but also we have to know that this is not something that God would, would be against. And. I had said I was going to look up the Kushites, and I did a little bit. and it does seem like that they were actually they were black people. They were Ethi- like, like Ethiopian, you know, so they're, I mean, so their skin was brown, like you know, it would be v- very brown, like mine. Uh, so <laughs> so um, but, but again, if God was against that, he would not have struck Miriam with leprosy. Right and and it was because she was she was like why would you why did you marry this woman right over over race and so that's just very important so I, I'm really glad you you brought that up as well
0: yeah I just think that if we're gonna use scripture it's all about context and, yeah. and majority of the time when there's interracial talk it's you gotta understand a lot of tribes traveled and they moved lands I mean. Speaking on tomorrow, the Israelites were surrounded by five different kings from the Mediterranean. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. they tried to take over Greece, failed to take over Greece, were pushed north into, into their land. So, of course, they're not supposed to... There's different customs and gods that they served at that time. That And the Israelites were God's chosen people to be an, be an image and example of what it was to serve the living God. So, of course not. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I just... I don't think I have, I'm not here for it when somebody is going to use scripture to talk about interracial marriage. I'm just not here for it because that's just not the place for it. There's just, that—that that is a thing culture and society has created. That is not a thing. There's things that we've created that we try to use the Bible for, things like that, things like stereotypes, sexual stereotypes. There's none of that. In the Bible. And so then we try to justify the things culture has created with the Bible when the Bible never created that to begin with, or the Bible. God never created that to begin with. So it's not in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? So I just, yeah, I'm not here for that discussion. I hope somebody brings that up to me one day, oh, light (laughs) and darkness, and I'm going to be like, well, we know what side you're on, buddy.
2: (laughs) There's so much of the problems that I see in Christian dating culture have to deal with someone taking a verse out of context. So, like, some people have a big opposition to the thought of considering someone's physical attraction. Are either I, I'm vulnerable? Question with you guys? Are you guys attracted to your spouses? Yes, yes. Is that wrong? No, no, no. And but some people <laughs> will be like, it will be like, you, you consider their physical attraction. Well, what about it? In First Samuel sixteen, it talks about how. Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature because I've rejected him for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. But if you look at the context of what they're talking about, they're talking about choosing a leader for Israel, not choosing a husband. You're allowed (laughs) to have a physical attraction to your spouse. And and even with that passage that I see people used to say like, no, you should never consider physical attraction. It says David was handsome later in the chapter. And and like Song of Solomon, the dude was head over heels for how his his spouse looked. Yes. Like it's not wrong. It's when it becomes too much of a priority because like when it's all about the outward adorning, when it's all about what they physically look like, then it's an issue. But to have that as a consideration realistically is not bad because how many people do you know that are in a relationship and they are not attracted to their spouse have never been?
0: Hmm. Mm,
2: it's, it's, it's all about the context and, and looking at realistic human standards. You're fine to be one to be attracted to your spouse. But if, they, if their looks weren't there, would you still be committed? That's the ultimate thing that we got to focus on is, is their character and that commitment, regardless of whether they're, they keep all their attractiveness or not.
1: Yeah. And I think there's something to say here for false expectations. Because I think sometimes, and this is in our last few minutes here, I think there's false expectations, right? So we have this perfect person that we think that in our minds that we're going to date and we're going to get married to, you know, and it's going to be this, you know, uh, supermodel, or for a guy, for a girl, it's just going to be this, you know, uh, I don't know nick jonas whoever i don't know I, i'm just trying to I'm just trying to <laughs> think jonas of the guy the first person you <laughs> hey listen man listen 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 maybe it's because my daughter I, my daughter loves nick jonas so i, I maybe it's like, like, nick jonas <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I couldn't say
2: Brad Pitt because I feel like he's getting too old now to, to put oh, him no, in there. No, no, he's, a, he's a fine wine. He gets better with age, dude. He's, yeah, d- does he now? <laughs> does he
1: now? Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, but anyways, what, what I'm saying is, you know, we have this idea of this person that we think we're going to marry, right? And we can go to that extreme, too. But I think we don't go to the other extreme and say, well, it doesn't matter what they look like. It just, it just matters if they're if they're on fire for Jesus. Well, it's going to matter. Like, on fire for Jesus is not going to help you <laughs> in some instances. You know what I'm saying? Like, in some instances, yes, they can be on fire for Jesus, and praise God for that. But you should be able to be attracted to them and think that they're, you know, decently attractive to you, right? They're, they're not going to be, you know, whoever, and I'm not going to name anybody anymore because every time I'm named somebody, it's a problem. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they may not look like whoever name your, your, you know, c- celebrity crush. They don't look like that. But you know what? They're, they're who they are. And, and that's, and, and there are people who they might not be the most attractive people, but you know what makes them attractive is their heart. It's who they are. It's their passion for Jesus. It is all the extra things that make them, you know, attractive. And and that's actually a thing. And I think sometimes we get stuck on the outward appearance and then we don't realize that, man, this person is actually a beautiful person. Like on like on the inside, this person's a beautiful person. So I think we can't go either way, to to one extreme or the other. We just need to focus on the things that God says is important. So yeah,
2: it's a solid middle ground. But you're like, don't think that like, man, I really got to bite the bullet here.
1: Uh, (laughs) Take one for the team.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because like, like, I
2: mean, like, there's plenty of people that I'm like, man, I meet them and I'm like, wow, you're great but I am not attracted to you at all. And that's not an issue. And, and granted, sometimes right. like attraction can come as you get to know somebody. Uh, like I got know people that that's happened and, and they found them beautiful as they've gotten to know them more. But like, I'm, if I'm just not attracted to you, that's not a good idea for you to be like, eh, you know, I'll just close my eyes a bunch. Like that's just <laughs> dumb. You're, like, you're allowed and encouraged to appreciate someone's beauty. Right. And somebody in the world likely thinks that they are attractive. We forget that there's seven billion people in the world, and right. the candidates, there are people that I have been like, I, I they're great, and, and I've and I've met them, and they're they're, they're a great person, and that they, they're on fire in their faith. But I'm not attracted to them. I they have, I've seen them end up with people that are head over heels for them, right. and, and, and it's like, thank God someone could because they're they're great. But it's like. I, I'm not at fault for being like, I'd like to be attracted to the person I married.
1: Right. Yeah. And yes. And, and we, and again, this is something you don't get your value from whether somebody's attracted to you or not. Right. That's, you know, so if, if, if you're a young lady out there and you're like, oh man, I, I just don't feel like this guy was attracted to me or whatever. You don't get your value from that. Right. Everybody wants to, you know, it, what the crazy thing is everybody wants to be universally attractive. Where if anybody looks at them, they just think that they're an attractive person. But I don't care how great you look. There's somebody out there that's going to be like, yeah, eh, didn't do it for me. Right. And and that's and that's fine. You know, you can't force somebody to look at you and say, yeah, man, you're just. okay, like, you know, I'm not attracted to you, but this guy is. And that's and that that's totally fine. So yeah, we can't all be
2: as attractive as Kyle. So, I you know, know yeah. that's <laughs> you the gotta that,
0: take it there, man.
1: That's the <laughs> thing, man.
0: Oh, every Damn. day, every
1: he's, day, he's got the beard cut off. He's he's, he's all that in a bag of chips. I know. Uh, she grew up
0: watching Nick Jonas, man. Know <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's so t- I love I love that you said Nick
2: Jonas like that was the first <laughs> listen the first. Nick Jonas
1: <laughs> listen listen I'm blaming my daughter for this okay oh, because dude. that's her boy she loves uh, her some Nick Jonas so uh, you know I don't know uh, you expect me to know who the hot guys are like what there's there's some <laughs> classics
2: there's there's Patrick Swayze there's Heath Ledger there's Denzel there's Michael B. Jordan. There's some classic examples. Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) Jordan. I'm saying. He's the one, dude. He's the one right now. We make it so weird for like dudes to compliment other dudes. I can recognize I am comfortable enough with myself and confident enough in what God has already done in somebody that I can recognize when God has done good work on somebody. (laughs) guy or not a, they're an attractive person
0: dude no, i need you I to talk it. to my wife bro because <laughs> oh. i said that to her bro i said that to her and she looked at me a little suspect she was like what i said a good looking dude's a good looking dude and they yeah. don't have to go any further Just like good looking girl's a good looking girl don't go any further any further," and she looked at me sideways like huh and i, mean, I was it's like,
2: like it's like it's like a, this. in this because w- w- with this conversation on on attraction are, but what needs to happen if I'm not attracted to somebody is I need to realize that just because I'm not attracted to somebody, that doesn't mean that God didn't make them fearfully and wonderfully made. They are yeah. still
0: okay.
2: created, intricately woven, beautifully yeah. by our creator. And it don't matter what my opinion is of it. That's a fact. And that is to his praise, not just if it, if it ain't for me, it ain't for me. But, it, <laughs> but God still made it good regardless of how yeah. I feel about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Nick Jonas is made in the image of God, so don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you you sleep on that. Uh, (laughs) Hey, and listen, I hope he he sees this and feels affirmed. I, oh, he's got a lot of affirming. I don't think he needs any more affirming. Uh, but yeah, and I look, guys. I I I love this conversation. I, I think, and I'm hoping that people who are listening, like I said, if you are a youth, if you're a young adult, if you're a parent of a a youth, or if you're, if you're the parent and you're in this dating scene, all of this stuff applies, right? Because it's, it's, it's humans, right? And we all face these things and we go through these things. And uh, Landon, I can't wait till your book comes out. And I know a lot of people are probably like, well, Kevin, you haven't said even the title of his book, so I can't even look for that. Listen, his book is in the editing stages. When I tell you that we are like... (laughs) We're bringing you the, we're, 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 we're bringing you the, uh, exclusive here. We're bringing you something cool. So as soon as it comes out and all of that, we will also let you know. But if you want to follow Landon again, great videos he's got out there. It's at detox Christian dating at detox Christian dating. Follow him along with over 28,000 people on TikTok and. Also, if you're listening to this and you're listening on an Apple device or any other device, would you please go rate and review us? This helps us out a great deal. And Kyle, can you tell them where to find us?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have, honestly, we have our own website here. So thinkingoutloudmedia.com where you can find content and get to know us a little better and find out about the people we have on the show. But we also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram is thinking underscore out loud podcast, Facebook thinking out loud podcast. We also have a fans page. So thinking out loud podcast fans. And we, we, again, we advertise before the show. We let you know who's coming on. If you have any questions, if you want to get into contact with us or have communication with maybe one of the guests on our show, find a way to get their books or their content. We're here for that. So comment, On our Facebook page, Instagram page, let us know. Email us on our our website. We'll get in contact with you guys. If you happen to be listening on an Apple device, go ahead and scroll all the way at the bottom for us. Please rate and review our show. It helps us. It helps us get words like this out for people who may be experiencing some of the things we're talking about. We're always going to bring it back to a biblical perspective. And so that's what we believe the world needs at this point in time. And so when you rate and review Guys, it helps us get that word out. So please do so if you can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're a church leader, pastor, and you want to invite Kyle and I to your church, we can certainly do that. Your town hall, your your roundtable discussion. If you're another podcaster and you want us to guest on your podcast, we can certainly do that as well. So reach us if you go to our Thinking Out Loud page or our Thinking Out Loud website. So thinkingoutloudmedia.com. There's a booking tab. You just click that booking tab and just let us know you want us out and we will we will make sure we get in, in touch with you and, and go from there. So thanks, guys, so much for listening. I hope you had a little fun with us today. We love you. God bless you.